Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Dare Pitch, episode 38, where Eskilstuna United's coach Elena Sadiku is this week's guest. She was one of Sweden's greatest talents. Born in 1993, just like Jonna Andersson, Magdalena Eriksson and Fridolina Rolfe, just to mention a few, Elena Sadiku played in the Swedish youth national teams, but she was forced to end her career at the age of 24 after 12 surgeries on her knee. Sadiku jumped back up into the saddle quite quickly, deciding to become a coach. Since then, she has worked with academy teams in Hammarby and FC Rosengård, where she also worked with current Arsenal head coach Jonas Eidevall. She has been to China and Denmark, and now she's back in Sweden to coach Eskilstuna United, where she also once played. The club is heavily strained by financial problems and she is forced to take on more roles than just being a coach at the moment. You are listening to Their Pitch and this is the Elena Sadiku episode. Tuesday again and we're back with a new episode. Today we have coach Elena Sadiku. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing fine, thank you. How about you? We're doing great. It's been a great day here in Eskilstuna, right? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to get to go out uh, to meet people again after the pandemic. And record in person, which we haven't done a lot. This is our second episode, actually, Yeah, that we're recording in person. Also with a coach. I feel honored. We love coaches. <laughs> and players. <laughs> um, so we usually start off... With a quote from somebody who knows you very well, and you're gonna have to guess who it might be. Um, so I'll just start reading it, and then you're gonna have to guess. Let's go. Um, Eliana is a very ambitious person and coach. When it comes to her own development as a coach, she always tries to learn from her colleagues and players. Every day she sees players for who they are, and she's always there 110% to help them reach their individual goals. She can go on for hours and hours about how much potential or how much a player has developed, and she lights up when she talks about it. Every time I answer a phone call, I always say with a really bad skonska, Haldadu. Ah! <laughs> and I always tell her that the most important thing is your career choice and that you feel good on and off work. If you don't feel good in your private life, then hard days at work are going to be even harder. Who do you think that is? Megan Briggs. That is correct. Oy! Oy! <laughs> uh, I, I do know what uh, what was the, the key for that. I'm, I'm assuming uh, the Skånska. Yeah, for sure. Which is the di- dialect from uh, from where you're from. From Malmö, exactly. From Malmö. And I think everywhere around as well. Yeah. That's the Skåne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> in the south parts of Sweden. South parts yeah. of Sweden. Well... What type of relationship do you and Megan have? Well, first of all, we started as uh, as friends, uh, where I 
uh, was hanging out with her when I was in Stockholm playing for Hammarby and later on she became my agent as well so she's a close uh, close person in my life both business wise and also of course in uh, in social life you've played for youth national teams and the Cubs and the Swedish league tell us about that uh, well, I I started to play uh, to play football in the garden first of all with my dad and and big brother, and after that my dad saw potential in my skills, so he took me directly to Malmö FF, and there on I was there for uh, for I think thirteen years almost. So I was playing. Uh, in LDB FC Malmö, which is current FC Rosengård. And then I went to Kristianstad, played there for two seasons. Then I went to Eskilstuna United for three seasons. And then I went to Hammarby, where I had my final season before I had to stop. So you say had to stop. You didn't stop by choice. No, I had to stop. I had to sign a paper saying that I had to stop. All right, tell us a little bit more about that. Why? Uh, so... Uh, I got a really bad knee injury 2014 when I where I got a tackle in training so everything in my knee uh broke so it was both ACL it was meniscus it was uh cartilage a little bit of that and uh when I got the surgery of course it went well but I still because of the big injuries my knee was still uh, not so stable so I had to play with a big uh uh, knee, what is it called? Knee brace, and uh, uh, was playing with that. And then I came back after 13 months on my first game back in Alsvenskan. I came back in a really good shape. Did a hat trick on my first first game back against Aiko. And my coach at that time thought that I could play as uh, um, like a lot trainer every training. And three months later, I I did it again. And that time I, uh, let's see, my LCL uh, broke, completely broke. So I had to do a, a massive surgery, which took six hours. Had to sit in a wheelchair for that and uh, got back after 18 months, went to Hammarby, played there. And then I did it the third time. And after that, I got a big infection. So I was in hospital for three weeks. And after that, I got, um, I got, uh, banned from my doctor and physio saying that Elena you need to stop now how, how did that affect you as as you know a person and player when you played professionally for, for so long and you, you're a prospect I think in a way like football for me it's not like football is for everyone else I uh, I come from a background where where I've been moving a lot in my background like I was born in Germany and then I was uh, a time down in Kosovo and then escaped war a little bit, came to Sweden and felt like, you know, after that tough time with moving around, I got the Swedish citizen and uh, I just felt like, okay, now maybe I can be home. But football made me feel home because that's where I le- learned the Swedish language. That's where I got my first friends in Sweden. So football for me has become something that that's just a big safety in my life and uh, a big passion, of course. But since I was young, there always been like, oh, Elena, how is soccer going? 
And everything has been soccer for me. Like everything I did in life was to prepare for soccer training, soccer games, everything was soccer. So when I was then 2017, I was 23. Uh, I had a big crisis in my life uh, thinking like, who am I now? What am I going to do? So of course it was a, a, a really hard time in my life, but in a way that I was a little bit prepared because I've been injured for so long. So, um, but when it came to that end, I started to appreciate some other things in life because it was really close to amputate my leg or my, my, my leg down from the knee. So I had to appreciate that I, I still managed to keep my leg and stuff like that. But when I could start walking and jogging and stuff like that, then it just felt so hard. And of course, I was in a really dark place in my life at that time. What, 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 like, how is it then to, to bounce back? Because obviously, talking to you now, you, I, I assume you're in a very good state of mind. You know, you have a, you have a goal where you want to, you, what you want to become and coaching and what you want to do with that. How is it to bounce back from, from the feeling of being in a dark place to, okay, well, I have some goals. This is what I want to do with my career. I think I've learned from many setbacks like uh, before, like, uh, just like I said, I've, I've had a really tough background when I was a child, but also like uh, later in life when I got to do the rehab, uh, I've been injured four years in a row. Of course, you, you build a strong mentality. But I have this thinking uh, in life, is it, if it is in, uh, in, in my coaching philosophy or if it's in personal life, you have two choices, always. You have one choice uh, where you can give up or you can make excuses or you can blame someone else for something that is going bad or you see a good thing out of it. For me, I always try to choose this the second choice because that's where you grow as a person that's where you grow as a coach that's where you grow as a player whatever you choose to see it as so I saw it as this was meant to be this happens for a reason and I didn't know what I wanted to do but I knew that I want to to work within football because it's my biggest passion in life but I all I think I had in my mind that I want to be a coach the coach that I never had or I wish that I had. So um, after that, I just saw opportunities and uh, I got the opportunity really fast after my injury. So that was something nice to get to step directly to the next step. Uh, and that was being a coach. Can I just jump in there? Well, because there are obviously many roles uh, in the world of football. So how was it that coaching was the you know, like straight away into coaching because you you didn't take a break, really. You just... I took a break. I think it was like three months because that's the, that was the case where I started to walk again and it was a big rehab session after, after coming out from the hospital. Um, but I think it was... I love to be on the pitch. I love to be a part of something because that's that's what you are when you're a player you are together in something and you uh, that's something that I just felt like I want to be a part of but also I wanted players to have the coach that I wanted to have and I I'm really passionate about development both personal but also see players to take further step in their career 
but I just love football. Like for me, like I, I always had a good understanding of football because a lot, I watched a lot of football. I played a lot of PlayStation with my brothers. So everything was so much football for me. So it was a natural thing. But for me, I think I was, I need to be on the pitch. That's, that was, that was my purpose. I think that mm-hmm. I need to be on the pitch. And when we saw you while we were, the day we recorded this, we were actually at, practice with you guys and you're very involved on the field how does that affect your situation with your knee because you're you're running and you're doing these drills <laughs> are you allowed to do that from your doctor and well um i cannot play football but like there's something that like sometimes i i can be involved in the training but it's not many times because i know my body i know my knee i cannot uh I cannot like do change of direction. I can be in rondos like for fun and stuff like that, but I cannot do something that is taking too much, too much power because I can't control it. So I've been, I've been working out doing some rehab and stuff like that. But, uh, of course, like I love it. I think it's fun. So I want to be a part of it, but I know my, I know my limits. So I don't pass those limits. Not yet. No, I will not do it. <laughs> Are you scared that it's it's going to happen again or I don't have an ACL in my left knee so nothing can really break. I just have a I have a cartilage injury that needs to be fixed and an ACL that maybe needs to come in there so I can make it more stable but I'm not scared in a way because I'm not playing football. Like I don't think it's going it can get worse than this. So not really. But we're also going to talk about coaching because that's what you do now. Yeah, exactly. So we've covered your career a little bit uh, as a player. But tell us about the first team that you coached after coming out. Uh, so it was uh, Hammarby that um, that wanted me to start an academy uh, under 19s together with another coach called uh, Håkan. So we had these tryouts and a lot of players from Stockholm trying to uh, to get into the academy. And I did that for for maybe three, four months uh, until I got a new opportunity, which I couldn't say no to. And what was that opportunity? That was uh, going to uh, China and being assistant to Kim Bjarkegren. So uh, when I got that opportunity, it just felt the right thing to do and go away from Sweden, go away from seeing my friends playing football, just looking so easy and I couldn't do it. So I think that actually saved me from uh, not missing football too much. So that was the best thing that could happen to me. Tell us a little bit about, about China. How is how's the football over there different to the ones that you've experienced in Europe and what was the, what was your impression coming? Because it's a different culture. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember I was really scared coming to China because the first thing you can see is a big sign of of uh, be aware there is death sentence here, and I was like, whoa! <laughs> like, did I bring something bad from Sweden or whatever? But it's it's a harsh culture. Like it's um, also like a woman. Like there's. Uh, a big difference become like being a male or being a female because the female it doesn't have the the voice that the males have there so for me it was special but the best thing was working with Kim because he involved me a lot 
we had some Chinese assistants, but he really trusted me. So I had, I was his right hand. So I learned a lot uh, in the football way because I was a full-time coach and uh, it was my first real job. So I learned a lot, but it was also special because I couldn't really talk to the players because they could only speak Chinese. It was maybe one or two players that you could have a conversation with. So I was coaching in English and then my translator was translating in Chinese. So it was a big difference. Uh, but I, I think I, I was so happy to be there because I think I inspired many of the players that you can also be a coach. So now, so like some years later, there are three players in that team that are being coaches now. So I just feel it was, it was nice to be a role model for them that you are female, but you have a voice. And uh, you can be something as well. You don't just need to sit there and listen. You can also be a part of something. Where, where in China were you? I was living in uh, the capital, Beijing. Beijing, nice. That's actually a really funny story. We were, I've been to Tianjin. Yeah. And I've been to Beijing as well. But I remember as soon as we landed in Beijing, it's it's definitely a culture shock yeah. because you're so used to the Swedish culture. Yeah. But and I remember we we went with school and my current best friend Sophia she she had a banana in her in her bag and they come with these uh, these drug dogs that are supposed to get rid of that and they just start sniffing her bag and they go do you have something in your bag she goes yeah I had I, I had food okay what kind of food did you have oh I, I had a banana okay where's the banana no I had one I ate it. Okay, can you show us the banana? And she's like, oh. what What do you want me to do? Yeah. So it's definitely, that's what they had. And then they, on like the, the highway, we had a bus and they missed their exit. And he just started backing up in the highway. It's just, you do whatever you want to do. There. But listen to this. On the way to the to the training, uh, I think it was me and Vero walking. The, uh, Vero Bukete was playing there. And then we saw a guy just taking a piss right mm. on the street and then it was like you know if we had training sometimes we talked to that system we, we need to know how many places that come so we can do our, our well plan for the session so if we were right sometimes we thought there will be 22 players maybe it was 13 that came or it was 36 so it was just like a flexibility a flexibility that you had as a coach like okay we need to be aware of like what's going to happen so we know because it was just different. Like the school can take away the players. It can be uh, like, it was problems every day. But so, that, that's sort of like in a football game. Yeah. Because you never know what's going to happen no. and what decisions you are going to have to make. Yeah. So it was a, it was a big experience that, that's, uh, I'm, I'm sure about that. It made me a better coach in a, in a, like a base way. Like, okay, I know what this is. This is now. And it was a big difference from being a player and a coach, of course. But it was also the culture. I was just happy being Swedish. Like, can you imagine being in a, um, a bus stop and waiting for the bus to come? In Sweden, we have the same exact time. It's 11.17. There, you can be waiting for 20 minutes. I'm just standing here until the bus comes. You never know. Yeah. And that's, yeah, like, that's like in the northern parts of Sweden. That's, that's sort of the same because I... No, but I think you you learn so much yeah. from being on different places. And yeah. I'm really happy for that experience, even if it was a tough one. And when you've coached, you, you faced different difficulties. I mean, in China, there was that one difficulty. Um, in 
Eskasuna, where you're right now, you guys are fighting for, you know, survival, kind of. Have you had, with your other coaching experience, have there been any other difficulties throughout your career? Uh, I mean, like in, in Malmö, I was uh, I was by myself for a long time in the under-19s, where I I started with an assistant, and then I started with, um, uh, how do you say, like a kit manager. And then one of them like was with the full team, and it was just like, I always felt alone. So that was something that I was struggling when I was like doing washing their clothes after games and stuff like that. That was taking a long time. Um, so that was a, a hard, uh, hard battle of doing things alone. And, uh, and also having different roles. I was, I was coaching in school. I was in the under 19 and then I was in the full team as well. And then it was a project called Hattrick. So there was a lot of things going on at the same time. Um, and then in Fortuna, my colleague got fired. He got sacked, so I had to be alone by myself again. But that was in Kina League. It was in the highest league. So, of course, that was also a, a, a hard time. But I think that when you've been through that many tough things, you learn a lot about yourself, but also how you don't want it to be. So uh, I'm really happy for, th- for that thing that has been happening. But... I really know now that I want to work with a staff. I want to like, I want to have a staff around me. I want to have people around me that's going to make me better. I don't want to be alone. And uh, that's why I'm happy that I have Friedrich, but it's too few people. There's many, it's been very hard in many clubs. A lot of bumps on the road. Yeah. But speaking of Friedrich and yourself, you're, you're currently coaching Eskilstuna United and, uh, the club is fighting for survival, has financial problems. How is it to be a coach knowing that, or not knowing, I should say, if you're going to stay in the highest league or if you guys are going to have to be relegated? Yeah, but it's not only about that. It's just it's just about the club's survival. I mean, like, if they don't get money in, they will not exist anymore because it needs to, like, go under because there's no money. So it's... It's hard in a way that you still want to inspire, you still want to like focus on this on the sport winning games, performing and stuff like that. But then you also have on your shoulders that we need to bring money in, we need to do that, we need to do that. And it's a tough time as a coach because you you're not just a coach now. You're 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 you have different roles now. You need to sell players, you need to do that. So of course it's it's hard, but I also think that if you can work during this hard per- periods and you can you can learn from it and you can then then you will be a, a strong coach because it will make you stronger if you can do this and uh, try to do it as good as as you can you can take in this an, as as an experience can, because this is this is interesting and we're going to have to talk about this now because we just had a euros yeah. in england record breaking this is a team uh, in the Swedish highest division, the Damansvenskan, who has been, we are famous in Sweden and the Swedish league for bringing great talent uh, out in Europe. So what do you think about the fact that a top club, the year of 2022, have to struggle to survive like this? What does it tell 
the outside world. It just tells that we need to we need to get more money in, in into into the Swedish league. We need to get in like uh, a big sponsor that can sponsor the league. Uh, I was saying to one of the board, I'm surprised that like big brands like IKEA doesn't go in and and put a big big lot of money into the league and say like hey we're sponsoring the women's women's football because we see that there's so much things going on in Europe we want to be a part of this we want to show that we in Sweden can do it as well because IKEA has so much money and it's Swedish and it's it's huge in 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 marketing and what they're doing and it, there's there there is IKEA all over the world so for me just on a su- surprise that there's not many companies going in and supporting with money and being like hey this is the new time we need to we need to make the the women's football being huge in Sweden as well so i'm really surprised and if there's no companies if there's not going to be companies doing that i just can see that it's going to be like this for a long time it's going to be struggle for many teams how is it to be to be a coach and to i mean obviously it's a tough position that you guys are in but to try and still, you know, I mean, there's work that needs to be done because you guys are still playing games every single week and there are players that are playing for this club. How is it to, because obviously they're affected as well. How is it to, you know, well, well, you have this hanging over your shoulders that you still have to lift the players up and make sure that they're performing and that they're not thinking too much about the situation? I think that we we have been doing it really well. Like every time we are stepping into the office, office it's just about football. It's about the same preparation. It's about I'm doing what I'm loving. It's my biggest passion. I just need to remind myself that every time I step in the office, I'm doing what I love to do, and I'm a passion. I'm a passion about it, and I'm gonna inspire my players to feel the same. Because when we're in the office, when we play football, we just do what we love to do, and that's. That's something that we need to stick with because we cannot affect what's going on in the outside. Of course, we we can help out and stuff like that, but we cannot affect it. The only thing we can affect is coming into the office, be your best you, and then get the best out of you in training because we still need to get better. We still need to perform. We still need to get the results in. We cannot affect what's going to happen tomorrow. The only thing we can affect is what's happening now. So... I think that's the mentality I'm trying to go in within every day so I can inspire the players I work with because just maybe as you saw in the in the training there's a lot of energy there's a lot of laughs we have a good time together and that's going to make us stronger in the end so I really hope I really hope that the results will come now so we can just continue the the strong unit we have together right now even if it's tough Before we go into the listeners' questions, I actually do have a question that I usually ask um, the young players that I interview. But since okay. you're quite a young coach, I figured I would ask you the same. And it's, what do you dream of and what are your goals within coaching? So um, I'm 28 years old now. I think I'm the youngest coach in Oberstalmansvenskan. Uh, I know that I have a, a lot of A, a lot of in front of me uh, so for me it's just about every time I enter every day I just want to be the best I can be so I can develop so I can be better um, but of course in in the long term I really I really want to become the best coach in the world because 
if I'm going to do that every day, being the best me, I need to see the long picture. And for me, it's I want to be the best coach in the world. I don't know how many years it's going to take. But that's something that's going to motivate me every day when I go to work that I need to bring the best out of me so I can give the players the best coach they can have, but also to see the long term. I work every day because I want to be the best, but it's also because I love my job. And um, so to, to make it short every day, trying to be the best I can be. And of course, in the end, it's going to make me the best coach in the world. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, before jumping into <laughs> listeners' questions, I, I, I want to jump in with a few coaching uh, questions or yeah. stuff like that. But um, I, I want to try and stick to the fact that the Swedish league and, and the teams and the clubs, it's very different in resources. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's like that in the WSL in England and it's like that in the Frau Bundesliga and, and every league. But how hard is it to be... Uh, the best coach you can be with the resources you have. If we're talking about, you you mentioned before we started recording this, that you don't have access to Scout, you don't have access to access to Insta. These are tools yes. uh, to be a good coach. That's one part of it. Yeah. So how hard is it to be a good coach? It's really hard because the thing is 24 hours a day feels short for me. Because the thing is, if we don't have Wisecout, if we don't have Instead, what do you need to do? You need to invest in time. You need to make sure that maybe you download uh, games that has been playing so you can see and uh, and make some tacticals view out of it. I need to watch the games that we play. I, like there's so much time going on of on things uh, that maybe should not take so much time, but I'm still doing it because I want to be the best coach I can be. So the thing is that everything that is going on is that of course it's affecting me bad because I have a a kind of bad balance in my life now because I'm working so much but I'm still focused on being the best coach and it's not that the now when we don't have the tools it's not that the quality is worse it's just about my time is getting less and having a free time so even if it's affecting me in my personal life that I sleep less or I have uh, uh, less recovery I'm still trying to be the best coach because what I'm only thinking about is whatever happens in the fall, I did my best to be the best coach I can be so I can inspire the, the players. But of course, it's affecting me, affecting me in a way that uh, maybe my health is not the best right now. But for me to look in the short way, I don't really care about it because I know that whatever happens in the fall, I hope that... The, if it's this club or next club I coach, I need to make sure that I'm, a, I'm in an environment that I'm not alone and that there's tools and there's there's uh, things around that doesn't make me work too much. 
if you understand what yeah. I mean. I just need to have the the balance right, and the balance is not right right now. Do you feel that uh, we're talking about Swedish football now? You've been in in Denmark as yeah. well. Um, we're not gonna just stick to the tools we have just mentioned, but do you think that there is a good understanding of these kind of resources in the Swedish league? Why why do we need these tools to? to yeah, work? for sure. I mean, like it it saves time, of course, but it also there's tools that that can help you to make your the way you you want to play more effective uh, with the data with analyze with you know like everything is just going to get more effective like uh, with with the time but also like for me just like going around with the set pieces and everything it's just like can you imagine if you had a staff with like four or five coaches Can you imagine having that? One is responsible for defense, offense, set pieces. One is uh, analy- uh, analyzing the games and having the opposition ready. Like, can you imagine how much power you could you could have as a coach, going more to the players, talking more to the players? I don't have that so much time. Like sometimes I can do it, but otherwise you don't have the time. It's just about like uh, finding the right balance of uh, of what what is the most important right now. And I wish it was not like that because sometimes I would like to have more time with the players and sometimes we have uh, meetings with the players and that takes time too. And then you have time to to do that and that and that. So it just feels like the time is so, time is so important. And if you want to be a good coach for a long time, you need to have balance. Otherwise you will, you will get destroyed. So um, for me right now, it's just trying to find the right balance, even if, if it's pretty impossible right now what what kind of football do you want to play do you want your team to play i want to have a team that plays uh in a in a way that it's not just about possession it's about the the purpose of the build up is to come into the last third to finish go- like to to finish and make goals to score goals it's not about just keeping possession you need to be smart because If I have position in my own half of the pitch, it doesn't it doesn't make me score goals. So it's it's both ways. I want to play where the space and time is. I want to I want the players to have the understanding how to do it so to come to the last third. Uh, but yes, I want to have control when we have the ball. But I also want to have control when we defend. I want to. If we if we let, uh, for example, when we played against Hammarby, we said that okay, let them have the ball. We can we can control the game by defending it well, and then when we win the ball, we know exactly what to do. So it's about. Uh, I think I think it's it's different ways. I think I just want to have control in whatever we do. Is it counter attack? that's with control if it's uh, defend that's with control and when we have the ball it's with control and of course I want to have the ball as much as possible because that's that's what's most control is so follow up question to to that last sentence you mentioned there um, you've uh, you've worked with Jonas Edeval mm-hmm. uh, in FC uh the current coach uh, in Arsenal and he sort of says the same things about possession you want the ball to so what what have you learned from him no I mean uh, I've learned a lot he's a he's a great uh, football coach knows a lot about football so uh, 
uh, I think in the way uh, how he thinks suited me well when I was working in Rosengård because that's how I want to play football as well so of course I was I was listening I was like taking the things in that I wanted uh, that I that I also believed in but of course like all the coaches things different and in in different different things so I learned a lot from him in the in the football wise so really honored to have been working with him Yeah, I'm sure our listeners is going to be very happy, some of them, to to hear you talk about what you learned in in uh, in Malmo and Rosengård as well. Mm. It's mm. A, it's a big club, Rosengård, mm. uh, so and and they have been paving the way for women's football in, in Sweden. Let's let's go over to the listeners' question now because they are good. Brussel steget on Instagram. Uh, biggest trends in women's football at the moment what do you think I think I think in a way that it's uh, like in Obostoma Svenskan for example there's more teams doing high pressure now there's more teams that want to have the ball like it feels like everybody's thinking a little bit more about this modern football so I think that that's how is developing now into high pressure we want to have the ball we want to keep possession we we want to have this control during the games and stuff like that so I think that's the biggest trend as you see like for now and uh, it's actually fun too because you can also see coaches that's been long in this league like going into modern football which also means that it's going somewhere and it's developing so um, I think uh, i think that's the trends right now, especially in Obostama Svenska. Yeah, and me underscore Collins19. Hey, I would like to ask, what is some good advice you can give from your experience transitioning from a player to coach to those players who may follow in your footsteps? I would say, uh, I remember when I was a player, I thought I knew a lot about football. But you need to be really humble to become a coach because there's so many things that you don't need to think about when you're a player that you really need to think about when you're a coach, especially if you're a head coach and need to see the whole picture with the planning and overview and everything like that. I think be humble and take it step by step because it's a lot of things that you need to be aware of and especially keep the same passion like keep the same passion as so when you were playing keep the same passion when you're a coach because i think if if you if you really love to be a player i think you will have the same joy in becoming a coach because then you can be a part of developing players and i think that's the that's the biggest thing you want to see then this is a good follow up question from uh, one Twitter user at Ines4Samp uh, Does a tactically strong player automatically make for a tactically strong coach? I think that uh, I think that's a yes on that question because I think it's easier to go from a good strong tactical player to a good strong tactical coach because just like I said before it's a huge step But it can help you if you, as a player, had a good tactical uh, understanding to become a coach. So uh, for me, it's absolutely a yes. 
on that question, but it also depends on what coach you want to be. Do you want to be an individual coach? Then maybe not so much because if you're an attacker when you played and you want to be a forward individual training, then you don't need to because then you just know the, the skills you need to have for this kind of shots. But if you want to become a head coach, then I would say that you need to have a, a big tactical yeah. understanding. I think she she had two more questions, but I think you answered them. Okay, <laughs> that's good. There. So uh, let's move on to at Bert Derek. Um, is it difficult to coach players older than you or even the same age? My answer will be no, because uh, when I go into the role of being a a coach, I don't think about age. I don't think about really like. Uh, uh, I just think about the person, like who is the person standing next to me or because I think it's about respect in the way, like you need to respect each other. It doesn't matter the like uh, the age or something like that. And uh, I think I have this pondus. Do you say that in English? Uh, like, you know, the uh, you have the authority, authority maybe, yeah. that, you know, maybe. like because i'm so passionate when i when i coach and i i have a big under tactical understanding like uh, uh, in football so i think that when i when i coach i make players believe what i think and what i believe in so i think they don't even think about that i'm a young coach or that i'm younger than them i just think that it's about how you how how your hour hour is like what do what do you stand for and how how do you talk It's more about the authority level you show. Like it doesn't matter if you're 50 or 20. If you're 50 and you don't have the authority of speaking or demanding or everything like that, then why should they respect you more than the 20 year old that is passionate, demands and wants you to just uh, to listen and be passionate about it? I think doesn't matter. So for me, no, absolutely not. That's, that's what I'm hearing is knowledge is power. Uh, knowledge sort of, is power. If you, know, if you know your way around the yeah. game and if you... But if it's you, also about leadership. Yeah. It's about like, for me, I was coaching Karolin Seger in Rosengård. I mean, she was my big role model when I was young. So, of course, it was different. But I think in the way that the knowledge and how you say things and how your relationship with, with, the, with the players, I don't think that you can have any problems with it. So it's about how you coach how the knowledge is and of course the relationship with the players so uh, I don't think there's anything to do with age but no I don't think it's hard so uh, this is my question and this is going to be the final listener's question I'm going to take, take the role as okay. a listener now because okay. I just thought about the fact <laughs> we, we, obviously but what, what do you see yourself uh, that you need to work on as a coach your weaknesses I think I think there's many things I need to work on. Uh, I've been developing a lot lately in the way that you know, like sometimes I don't have the patience. I want it to be. I want it to work right now, but I've been learning that everything takes time. It's a process. So for me, it's more about like being more calm about stuff and don't be eager that it needs to work right now. And so that's uh, that's one thing that I'm always like trying to 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 develop in a way that be patient and i think it has to do with age of course as well because when you're young you want it you want many <laughs> things to happen fast you want it yeah. and you want it so much so you just want to so it's about being patient and uh, 
that's one step. And I think, uh, the other, other thing that I, I need to, to develop is, um, now I think that it's been something that I've been working with is trying to make game plans as, like, you know, as a player, I remember like having meetings that were like 30, 40 minutes, 40 minutes long. And I was like, my head was going like this. So I've had this, um, this challenge to make a game plan 15 minutes and make it as easy as possible. And it's going to have, it's going to, it's going to be about us. How are we going to, uh, win against this team. So it's little bit about the opposition, but then it's about make it easier for the players to understand our plan. So that's something that I've been developing and I'm trying to do it better and better every time. But it's, I think the, the, the one thing is the patience. Like that's something that I, I really need to work with. And then it's of course everything. It's about getting more knowledge. It's about, uh, some things in the training, some things with the relationship with the players. So I, I'm being, I'm just being humble and trying to be better, but also learning more and more. So I'm reading a lot of like a lot of books and stuff like that. So I'm, I think, I think it's about being humble first of all. And then I know some of the, some of the things that I need to improve maybe right now. I actually sp- spoke to a person the other day about this with patient being patient. Yeah. Uh, but then you can see, I sort of like what he told me was that there are two types of people. You have the visionary people. Yeah. They are always not patient. Yeah. Patient. They just want things to happen now because they see the goal yeah. before they, they, they do not see the road there. But. Yeah. You feel uh, like a visionary person. The thing is, like, I see the goal. I know where I want to be. But the thing is, sometimes you just need to accept that it's going to take longer time than you maybe think that it's going to take. So, for example, this season, of course, we want to go into the season to be better than last season. But this process that we're going in, that we're going to change the way that Eskiston United has been playing for years... Of course, it's going to take time. So for me, I knew that it's going to go like this, like up and down. It's going to be sometimes it's going to look good. Sometimes it's going to look less good because the players are not used on the way that we are playing right now. So I know that the, the results would have come next year because I knew that it's going to take time. I, I've done the same process in in uh, Rosengård with uh, with my team. I've done the same uh, same thing in, in Jöring that I tried to change something and now here, of course, I knew it's going to take time. But sometimes I just want them to understand now and not in three weeks. So, of course, it's a it's a balance. But it's just maybe that you need to remind yourself that it's taking time. Like, your humans learning takes time. Yeah, for sure. That was a good way to end. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it really was. We're we're not going to end just yet, though. No. We have uh, five questions. This or that rapid fire. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you five of them, and then you can pick one or the other. Okay. You don't That's, get to think. You yeah, have to just and, answer and no explanation. Okay. Showing up at a football game for work wearing a club team training tracksuit or a suit. Club training. On a day off, would you rather watch football on TV or just Netflix and chill? Right now, Netflix and chill. (laughs) 
Would you rather be known as someone who's a great recruiter or a great strategist? Strategist. Uh, coaching training sessions, would you rather early mornings or late afternoons? Early mornings. Uh, deciding on a starting 11, choosing players just based on the fact that they're in form or the players with attributes suitable to handle the opponents? Mm, that's a hard one. <laughs> uh, I will say both. I cannot really because it, it, it depends as well. Like if, if the training training the whole week has been crap, then I don't want to play that player because it's not been a good training week. But of course, you need to think in the both ways. So I need to say both. <laughs> and, and the explanation. That was good. Yeah. yeah we ended Sorry. with an explanation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> bend the rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the way we know you. Hmm? A rule bender. Well, not really. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. We'd like to say thank you to Liana for being a part of this uh, podcast. And we're super happy that you wanted to be on. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you